You're listening to Trek FM. There was a little bar in Mill Valley where all the Starfleet trainees used to go. The 602 Club. You know it. <laughs> I was there more times than I can remember. Welcome everyone to Trek FM's local watering hole where hosts from the network and friends just they drop by and it's great. We we talk all things geeky, uh, pick a new topic each week and just kind of uh, go round robin on it. Uh, as you know, uh, so order your drink from Ruby. I hope you got something good. I'm your host, Matthew Rushing, and I, I have some great guests this week, and we're going to do something a little bit different than we've been doing recently. Jose, it is fantastic to have you back at the 602. Thank you. Happy to be here. Thanks for the invite. Always a pleasure to talk to you guys. Awesome, man. Well, thanks. Uh, it's going to be fun, I think, this week. And then, of course, Norm, you're back. I am back, back in the warm chair. So it's always great to be back in the 602. Very comfortable drinking hole for me. So um, I'm not going to pester Ruby this week. Uh, I, I haven't yeah. I haven't just earned that it, yet. Just let it lie? Yeah, I'm just going to let it lie. I'm just yeah. going yeah. to get back to this stack of comic books that I haven't read in years. So Excellent. I'm going to dive into that. That is awesome. Well, thought this week, we have talked a lot of comic book characters on this show, uh, TV shows and movies recently, and it's going to be something that continues because uh, comic book characters in that kind of milieu have have just exploded. They're on TV. uh, They're on your iPad. They're on the 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 big film screen. I mean, they're everywhere. Uh, and if you walk down the toy aisle, they're there too. Uh, and they all come from one place, which is these comic books. And so many people, I think, uh, you know, have no idea where to start with comics because it is massive. Uh, you know, you you think of a character like Superman. He's been around for seventy five years. Batman's the same thing. How do you get into a character and, and reading a character that's been around that long? And so I thought it would be great to just get some people together that read comics, that like comics, and, and we just want to dive in and kind of talk about how you, the listener, could enjoy getting into comics. Because honestly, if you like something, there's probably a comic for that. Did you like Firefly? There's a comic for that. Did you like Doctor Who? There's a comic for that. Did you like Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog? Guess what? There is a comic for that. So there's really comics for everything out there. And first thing uh, I thought we would kind of do is talk about what got you into comics. What was the thing that drew you to read them in the first place? Because for me, I, I, I have it in my mind. I know exactly what it was that got me there. Jose, for you... When you look back, what kind of got you reading comics? Was it the funnies? What was it? Oh, um, well, geez. I I mean, I remember as a little kid, and we're talking like six-year-old, you know, you'd grab like a random Marvel comic or something, you know, back then. But I probably didn't start reading, like seriously reading comic books until I was, I don't know, probably in my early teens maybe you know 11 10 something like that um and i remember you know i'd kind of gone super friends was on so you know you kind of get into it that way and then um i remember going to a bookstore if anybody remembers what those are um you used to go in real books on a thing and in a bookstore was an even rarer thing was called a spinner rack and on the spinner racks were comics 
And uh, there was a mall not too far from my house. I walked to the mall and went inside. And and uh, on the spinner rack, I remember grabbing uh, two things. I grabbed a, a Green Lantern issue, which started my lifelong love affair with Green Lantern, and uh, which was happened to be the issue that Hal Jordan quits. Oh, wow. um, Green Lantern one eighty one. Yeah, that's right. That's correct. Yep. And I um, quit. I quit. He throws the ring down. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and then I bought Vigilante number one. And this is the uh, prestige format uh, Vigilante comic from DC. So I kind of remember starting off with those and then kind of making my way to the spinner rack, you know, kind of every couple of days and once a week to, to, to get new stuff. And then you just start grabbing stuff because they're, you know, they're 65, 75 cents. So you're grabbing like Spider-Man and, and uh, X-Men. And then, you know, from there, uh, you know, I've discovered a comic book shop. There's such a thing as a comic book shop. and. Go to the comic book shop, start your pull list. But yeah, it was really a Green Lantern, Vigilante, New Teen Titans. Um, those were the books that that kind of got my hooks into me. And I kind of gravitated more towards DC at first because Super Friends was on TV. You know, like I remember the old 66 uh, Marvel cartoons. I want to say it was 66. Maybe it was like 63 or something like that. But Marvel cartoons, which were basically just cut up Kirby strips sort of almost like flash animated across the screen. And uh but Super Friends was on. So I kind of just gravitated to the heroes that I knew and and that's kind of how I got into it. What about you Norm? Was there anything specific that really drove you to picking up your first comic? Oh, Sherman, it's time to fire up the Wayback Machine. You know, because <laughs> um don't worry, we can go 88 miles an hour. Oh, there we go. Uh it's it's hard to pinpoint exactly, but for me, what started all of this, getting into comics and getting into science fiction and fantasy and getting into this whole genre, uh, was Star Trek. And then from Star Trek, watching it more and more, I watched the original series and rerun, watched the animated series. And then that kind of led me to wandering into bookstores and trying to find things on covers that interested me. So, you know, there, yes, the bookstores, I know go, it's, it's, it's a strange concept nowadays, but you go in there. There were titled sections, and one section said science fiction and fantasy, and you go there and you saw these great, robust, gorgeous paintings by Frank Frazetta, you know, by Julie Bell, these great oil paintings of Conan or of Red Sonja or of, of the fantasy of the time. Then you have these magazines like Heavy Metal, um, which led to eventually the spindles that were back in the corners, and you can just rotate those spindles and flip through the titles. And I think I eventually settled in on one book because it was the oldest book that I had and it was New Teen Titans number three. And the reason why I loved it so much is because at the bottom of the cover, Robin was standing in a very accusatory pose at Batman and he was flanked by the Titans. And at the top of the cover, Batman was doing the exact same thing and he was flanked by the Justice League. And you saw just this great panel of Batman and Wonder Woman and Green Lantern and Hawkman and Adam and just... You know, at the bottom, you saw Robin and Cyborg and Starfire and Terra, and it was just fantastic. And you just, this was, this was the beginning of, of my love affair with comics. And from then on, I became really big, a huge fan of specific artists. Uh, George Perez probably being one of my all-time uh, favorites, George Perez, um, the team of, like you were saying, uh, uh, in Green Lantern, Len Wine and Dave Gibbons. I mean, they pretty much 
were the team for me. Uh, in Batman, you had Marv Wolfman and Jim Aparo, um, uh, Neil Adams. Uh, gosh, I, I really fell in love with the artists. And yeah, I'm, I'm talking a lot about DC artists because those are the ones that I just gravitated to. Marvel, for some reason, didn't take a hold as early, probably because when I was done reading comics, I turned on the TV and I had Super Friends or Super Powers or a continuation of it uh, in a different medium. So, But I've been reading comics for a long time. And later on in the show, I'm probably going to ask for a little bit of advice because I actually did drop off of reading comics because there was a point in time where, unfortunately, what was happening in comics wasn't as interesting to me anymore as it used to be. I'm not sure exactly how that happened. And I think it has happened with readers from time to time. So that's something I think everybody... Yeah, everybody drops out of comics once in a while. I mean, I know I have, you know, just kind of dip in and dip out. But not to be, sorry, to to go back a little bit to, DC was the entry drug, but but I I have to say, like, I have gobs of, like, like X-Men. I could not read, I could not read X-Men fast enough. Like, it was, it was the best thing in the world. X-Men and Spider-Man. Those, those, like, sort of mid-80s years of X-Men and Spider-Man. I, completely i have giant runs of that stuff it's it, it was the best stuff because it had that same sort of teen titany kind of feel to it all those characters really spoke to my sort of young adolescent you know mind you know because they're all kind of going through the same thing you are so it's those are all those are all the kind of i mean that's really what got me into it was sort of the youthful characters and then eventually you kind of branch out to the other guys I think it's so interesting for me because, you know, I grew up and, you know, we had, you know, the I guess the really big superhero movie was Superman 78 and, you know, the the, the sequels. And those were the, the really big things that happened when I was a kid during the 80s that really kind of brought superheroes to light. And then as I grew older, you know, they started doing, which I loved the Batman animated series and then they did uh, the Superman animated series which uh, just still amazing series you know you can flip through the TV and if if th- that's on I'll, I'll usually watch that episode because it's still so good um, but I remember and, and this so I get in it really late Superman Returns comes out and I'm in grad school and I'm also working at Barnes and Noble at the time and I realized I really like this character and I really responded to some of the things that they did in that film with the character, the, the kind of meta overarching story that they were telling uh, and how that kind of related spiritually to to where I was. And I thought, man, I, I really like Superman as a character. I've always liked Superman and I realized he's my favorite at that point. And so I went and... We had our sale every year at the holidays at Barnes Noble. We could get 50% off of things. And so I bought the huge hardcover edition of The Death and Return of Superman. You know, it's like almost a thousand pages long. It's it's just enormous. Uh, it's pretty long. <laughs> it's, yeah. And that was actually my first comic to sit through and read. And I read the whole thing. Puts the bus in omnibus. Yeah, exactly. It, I have that really all does. in issues, for God's sakes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, that was the first thing that really got me in the comics. And then, of course, at that point, uh, they were doing a lot of, of great Star Wars comics because they, they didn't have any cartoon shows or anything like that filling in things. So I was reading, like, I started reading the Clone Wars series that they were doing and got in the Knights of the Old Republic 
that kind of stuff. And then found for me, like you, Norm, an artist that I just kind of fell in love with, and it was Alex Ross. And what it was was a friend of mine said, you need to read, if you like Superman, you need to read Kingdom Come. Yes, and, absolutely. you know, I was hooked. So then, you know, it, that led to the, um, Thy Kingdom Come and Justice because of, of Alex Ross's artwork. And that's really what kind of started my love affair with really DC Superman and, um, and, and just comics in general in it. And it just kind of spilled out from there. And then honestly, finally DC re- rebooted the universe with new 52. And I was like, okay, well I can start from the beginning now. And that for me was, I was one of those people who didn't do monthly comics before that. And they got me in. And so it worked. Uh, what and they wanted to have happen. DC executive got its wings. Exactly. Exactly. Um, <laughs> You know, so that those are the things that really drew me to, to get into the comics and have kept that going, you know, and I've just kept adding more things to that. Obviously, there's great Star Trek comics, and, you know, I started reading uh, Dark Horse comics. They, they do a great series right now with Tomb Raider and stuff like that, so kind of ever more expanding. And then, of course, now I got my first Marvel comic because they're doing Star Wars. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's just become big it, it gets really expansive really quickly but it's interesting that you bring these up because you're talking about more than just the traditional superhero comics like earlier in the podcast you in, you started off with talking about television properties that are have become comics you know like firefly dr horrible sing-along blog dr who star wars star trek these aren't you know it's for for the for the comic book the traditional Older comic book readers, these kind of titles weren't really all that available. I mean, Star Trek was up to a point. Yeah. You know, Star Wars. Star, you know, but there was always a Star Trek or Star Wars. There was occasionally like your Micronauts. Right. Um, I'm trying to think of other toy lines of the comic books. G.I. Joe, Joe. Yeah. Transformers. Transformers, yeah. But by yeah. and large, not nearly the variety or the spectrum of the television properties that are pretty much continuing the line between when the TV show is on, when it's off, then you can continue it with the comic books and vice versa, do tie-ins, all that kind of stuff. So it's, I mean, the plethora is daunting to say the least. That's one of those things I think, you know, if anybody goes to say a bookstore like a Barnes and Noble or they look online at Comixology and they're seeing just these, you know, either shelves or, or, you know, pages and pages of comics, you just can get overwhelmed and that's what was great is that I kind of had this this in okay I'll I'll start with a one character that I love and I'll read his probably most seminal events you know I read the death and return of Superman and uh, then I had a couple people recommend some things to me that I just ended up falling in love with as well and so having that guidance helped and then from there you know it just it just spilled out especially with the fact that for me, Star Wars was doing these great comics that were filling in these time periods that I was waiting to see filled in, you know, especially like um, uh, the, the Clone Wars time period. This is before the TV show. Uh, they started doing the Legacy series, the Knights of the Old Republic, that kind of stuff, and I loved it. I just I fell in love with that kind of stuff, and it, there was so much that you could do with comics that I just really enjoyed. Obviously, you can do whatever you want because you can draw anything, and it doesn't cost you anything but ink and you know coloring. So time. that's one of the the, the best, yeah, and time, you know, and, and depending on how good the artist wants to be, like you know, 
again, somebody like an Alex Ross who's going to create beautiful artwork on every single page that you see. Uh, that's that's I think just one of the things that drew me to the medium was the visual nature of it and the people who would really pour themselves into that. I just think was fantastic. So now, I mean, where you guys are now, what is it that you kind of read monthly? Norm, you said you've kind of fallen out. Is there anything that you've kind of stayed with and decided, I, I want to continue to keep reading this monthly? Abs- uh, in all honesty, not really, because right now I'm trying to figure out what I want to get out of the medium. Because with with my lifestyle, I'm always so busy. I, I always say, like, well, I'll eventually get to it. I have a stack of books. Matthew, as you know, that I'm trying to read for Star Trek. Yes. <laughs> um, I just got into uh, uh, the Warhammer series, uh, so I'm looking into reading some of the Horus Heresy there, which are novels. Uh, I'm trying to find comics related to these things because, for me, it always has to. It always goes back to the artwork before the writing, and I know this is not usually the case because I know a lot of comic book fans usually gravitate towards writers before artists. Uh, as an artist myself, I've and and uh, in my career path and the way I grew up, it was always the artists that inspired me before the writing because I always just kind of flipped through comics and looked at giant splash pages of work. I mean, who doesn't look love looking at a Jim Lee, you know, a double splash page? I mean, it's when he does it right, it's on. I mean, it's super gorgeous, and it doesn't have to have any words. So, <laughs> um, it's, it's yeah. you know, and sometimes they don't, you know, but, uh, it's, it's tough, I guess, trying to reconcile what I want to get out of a monthly comic versus waiting a couple months and buying a really nice trade paperback for a little bit better value and something that's a little bit cooler to have on my, on my library here on my shelves. I did that with the new 52. I tried the new 52. I liked what I was reading. And then, you know what? I tried to do it digitally on my iPad and it just fell flat. There was something about it, something maybe the traditionalist in me that just couldn't couldn't connect with a digital book, a digital comic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I bought um, a couple of the trade paperbacks, and I, and I really enjoyed catching up with those. But monthly-wise, though, I think there's a nice bit of advice that you guys could probably give newcomers to comics to, to try and get them into looking at a monthly series because it's... Unless you're really visiting a comic book store habitually, monthly comics are kind of like a tough sell. No, I agree. Well, and that's for me what made digital comics the way to go. And I don't, I don't read comics on the page anymore. I, I just read them digitally because one, I don't have to worry about storing them, and two, they look fantastic on my retina screen. You know, the artwork from, like you were saying, from somebody like Jim Lee when he does a splash page with Superman on it. You know, New Fifty Two. Man, I just I'm going to stay there for, you know, days checking out wh- what he's done with the artwork. So um, for me, that's been the way to, to get into them. And it's made it easier because uh, I don't have to worry about trying to go to a comic shop or having, you know, my pull list from a website and all that kind of jazz. And then I don't have to worry about storing them. You know, it's, it's all in the cloud. And who understands that anyway? So uh, that's what, for me has made it possible for me to actually stay with the monthly series. Um, And sometimes, you know, I won't necessarily read them every, you know, the day they come out. I might wait a couple months and then read the entire storyline all together. 
too, but I've, I've got them all there and it's great, you know, and then, and then I can carry it anywhere too. That's the other thing, you know, it's a lot easier for me to carry around my iPad and I can always have my comics with me in that way, just like I have my books, you know, I can, I can pop into a comic book wherever I am. You know, if I'm waiting for a movie, if we're just sitting there with the pre-show entertainment, they call it these days, although it's not entertaining, um, I can read a comic book instead, you know? Uh, so that's, that's for me, that's what's been really helpful. Um, well, as far as, um, for me, I kind of bounce back and forth, like, uh, certain things I feel like I need to get in print, like I have to have the physical copy and certain things I'm like, eh, I can read it digitally, especially like a lot of the weekly stuff from DC, uh, the Batman Eternal or what is it? Uh, World's End. Uh, those books, I feel like eh, I can read that digitally. I don't need to I don't need to own a paper copy of that. But uh, something like Multiversity, I want to own that book. I want to own the, the physical pages. Um so uh, I kind of bounce back and forth. As far as like what I'm reading on a monthly basis, I read too much. Um, I read a lot. So I'm, uh, I'm. I was just quickly trying to scan. Let me take a look here real quick. Um, what I have, sort of hanging around here. Let's see. I'm reading uh, Batman Eternal, Aquaman, Arkham Manor. I'm reading. Um, let's see. All new X Men. Catwoman, Cyclops. I mean, I'm the list goes on and on. I can keep going. Um, so I read an awful lot of comics every month, um, mostly from the big two. I uh, still read like Saga and Sex Criminals and uh, some of the more uh, Southern Bastards from Jason Aaron. Um, some of that stuff I read in some of the indie books or more imagey books. Um, but uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm still reading a lot of a lot of big two comics. Um, you know, every week, you know, grabbing anywhere from seven to 10 titles and, and reading all that stuff. And like I said, some of that I buy digitally. Sometimes some of that I buy, um, you know, on, in paper. Some of that I like getting paper and trade with other people, you know, um, to, uh, to help mitigate the costs of, uh, of trying to read as much as I can. I, I, I kind of I kind of try to read as much as I can, at least the stuff that interests me. Like, I won't read everything, but... Um, but like, uh, so like things like, uh, like I don't read Captain Marvel. I read Miss Marvel, but I don't read Captain Marvel, and uh, I don't read. Um, oh, I don't read much Iron Man anymore. I used to. I'm not. I kind of fell out of it. Um, but there's kind of something for everybody, you know, out there right now. But I, I still read a, a ton of stuff on a weekly basis. Now, both. Um, I have a question but, here. Now, both of you guys uh, read a lot of comics, and and I know that. Matthew, the 602 is your is your outlet to be able to talk about this stuff. And Jose, I know you have another podcast that talks about this stuff specifically. Do you read, do you find yourself that you feel that you're obligated to read more than you usually would? Or are you always this passionate of a fan of comics? No, I, for me, this is, I read what I want to read, which is, I don't read for the show. I read because I want to read. Because... We don't talk a whole lot about comics on on my podcast. I mean, we talk about them when there's something sort of spectacular or whatever. But um, but uh, no, this is just kind of my my thing. I like I like and and I and I can go back to being a, a you know a twelve year old living in Georgia and and uh, sitting on the back porch. And my mom would come home from work and she'd have stopped at the comic book store and she'd brought me a you know pick me up my my from my box you know my pull list. 
And, uh, you know, she'd drop, you know, 10, 13 comics on the dining room table and I would grab them and I would go out to the back deck and I would sit there for an hour and I would read through all of them. And I kind of still do that to this day. I, I, I get my comics, I download them or I buy them and then I sit, you know, sometimes I go at lunch and I pick them up and I go sit at a park and I read through, you know, five or six of them in a sitting or I come home and I have my iPad and I sit on the couch and I read, you know, as you know, the comics for that week. And it's just kind of a ritual. It's, it's, it's a thing I do. And, 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 um, and some of the stuff I read, I read not because I'm, maybe I don't love the book, but I'm interested in the idea. So I kind of give them a little rope and, and see how it goes. Um, but a lot of the stuff I just sort of genuinely enjoy. Um, so it's not like I read it because I, I read more, than I normally would. Um, I, this is just kind of what I like to do is read comics. So, I, you know, it goes along with everything else that I do with, you know, read books and watch TV and movies and stuff like that. But but since, you know, reading a comic book is a, you know, 15-minute proposition per book, you know, if if I'm really digging into it and, like, you know, like looking at all the art and looking at transitions and, you know the whole nine yards. You, know, you can sit. You can sit there for a while on one book. I mean, you can also crank through a book in five minutes if you want to. Um, but um, but yeah, generally that's I don't that's that's kind of my thing. Is I I like that sort of hour or forty five minutes that it takes me to run through a bunch of books. It's a, it's a nice it's a nice break in the day, I guess. Yeah, for me, I I didn't ever think of it as something that I had to do. I just do it because I like it. And, you know, the books that I read, I, I read because I like them. And um, things that people have recommended to me, I've gotten into, you know, uh, honestly, it was listening to Jose and, and Doug on their show, The Zero Room. They got me to read action comics, um, you know, because it's, they're talking it's about, awesome. That's what... uh, yeah, Greg Pak's <laughs> great run there. Uh, so not only did I read all of that, but I kind of went back and caught up, you know, uh, and just to, so I was I was current there, and you know, ended up picking up uh, Aquaman because I heard all the the praise about you know what Jeff Johns had done with his run. It was fantastic. The same thing with Green Arrow and. You know Jeff Lemire's run on there is is just amazing, and the artwork in it is just uh, stunning. Yeah, I mean, this is a perfect example of a book that like I didn't read up until Lemire took on, took over Green Arrow. Really, I kind of skimmed it, and I was like, okay, I don't like this book, and I didn't read it. And then he came on, and it was amazing, and the art was beautiful. Sorrentino's art was was just crazy, and then I read it, and then they left, and then I stopped reading the book. Yeah, which has been interesting because they have the creators of Arrow. Yeah, they have one running, of the writers from Arrow, which is, is, is uh, kind of plotting it's actually, the book. Yeah, it's actually not too bad. Uh, I still and and am enjoying it. So, um, but yeah, every month, I mean, my list is is pretty ridiculous. Uh, Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman, Supergirl, Green Arrow, Aquaman, Superman, Wonder Woman. Uh, I'd been reading uh, Smallville Eleven, which is ending now, uh, season eleven. Batman, Justice League, Justice League of America. Justice League United, uh, Multiversity, Action Comics, plus all the Star Trek comics that I do for Literary Treks, and Tomb Raider from Dark Horse as well mm-hmm. by uh, the great uh, Gail Simone. Is that Gail so, Simone's Tomb Raider? Okay. Yes, yes. So I would, I uh, would encourage you, if you like her Tomb Raider, to read her Red Sonja. Yeah, it's, okay. It's yeah. really good. So, that's where it's come to, and and oh, and of course now Marvel is doing Star Wars, so I've been trying those to see if I, I like them as well, and uh, it's it just kind of continues to grow, um, and so I think that's one of the things that you said, Jose, that I really like, and that's the great thing about comics. It 
there's something for everyone out there. There really is, you know. Um, and uh, if it's something that you feel like you might be interested in, you know, you probably know somebody that likes them. And it's one of those things, just ask them because I'm pretty sure they're going to tell you, you know, they'll, they'll point you in the direction of some of their favorites and hopefully, um, you'll like them and, and then you'll start finding your own favorites. Uh, and you know, you might start perusing the, the comic websites, you know, and kind of see what's getting, you know, praise. Uh, sometimes they'll be good and sometimes they won't. I feel like right now starter comics are people that aren't comic book readers. I almost try to steer them away from the superhero stuff. Because um, I, I almost feel like something happened, and 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 I I it's a generational thing I think um, between maybe my generation and yours, Matthew, um, where continuity became important. This whole idea of uh, I don't know what's going on, I I can't read this, I don't understand it. When I jumped into comic books, at least when when I was a kid, and I don't mean to sound like the old man, get off my lawn kind of thing, but. When I started reading comic books, you jumped in and yeah, you were lost. I didn't know who half these people were. I didn't know who, who, uh, you know, I started reading my first Teen Titans book and why is everybody all upset? Well, who is this Terra girl and why is she dead and why is everybody all mad about it? So I had to go back and like read all that stuff, but, but you just kind of roll with it. You just kind of, you just kind of start building your own continuity and your own familiarity with the characters right away. And because, back issues were really the only way you could read what happened in the past. Trades weren't a big thing, and we certainly didn't have the internet. Um, You just kind of had to go with it. And now it feels like if I don't have the complete story, I can't come in and issue 38, you know, and just start reading from there. I totally agree. Like I was saying, I started with Green Lantern 181. Um, You know, I, I... I didn't know. I didn't know who. This is the thing. I like. I didn't know who Hal Jordan was and why he had quit and why that was such a big deal. But at, while I was reading about John Stewart, who became the Green Lantern after Hal, I went back and read a bunch of Hal Jordan stories, and now he's like my favorite superhero of all time. But I came in on the issue where he quit, <laughs> and just because of that, it gave me sort of impetus to go and. And go look at previous stuff, try to figure out why he was so important, uh, learn that while at the same time just reading the story and gaining sort of the lore and the mythos from what I was getting on a monthly basis. I um, So I don't have that thing that I, I hear a lot of people talk about, like, oh, it's so hard to get into it all. And I'm like, well, it isn't if you're just willing to go along with the story. If you just If you're just willing to kind of go and comic book writers are very clever and they're very smart. And they always sort of drip feed you every issue, everything you need to know. So if you just kind of go with that, you'll be fine. And in the age of the internet where you can read a recap or, you know, whatever in, in no time, there should be no barrier to entry. But when I'm so back to what I was saying was these days I try to steer them more towards image and indie stuff as starter stuff because it's usually it's shorter runs. It's easier to go back and back, find back issues and you don't feel overwhelmed by story. Well, that's something where, you know, if you can get somebody too on, on a smaller miniseries that may be older like I did, you know, where I read Kingdom Come or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, you can get somebody into it, especially if they're a superhero person, you can give them that and, and they can really enjoy it. Or 
you know, say like like you guys did. You you guys were raving about you know Greg Pak's run on on Action Comics. Well, hell, I hadn't read any Action Comics before that. I mean, I had been reading Superman uh, and the New Fifty Two, but it the the story in Action Comics is is a different place for where Superman was. So right. I just picked up that first Greg Pak, uh, you know, issue and it blew my mind. It was awesome. And then I went back and like you said, so that's one of those things is, is I I guess what I wanted to encourage people is just find somebody who knows comics. They'll steer you in the right direction and they'll give you some great stuff. And before you know it, you'll be finding all these things that you like. And, and so don't be scared of it because yeah, there is a, there's a massive amount of continuity these days with, um, you, you know, Marvel, although that's about to change, um, with uh, DC, even though the new 52 has been only going for the last few years now, uh, but there's still a lot of backstory that they kind of are playing around with whether or not it still matters. But it, it it all matters. It all matters. It does it never not matter. Yeah, it, always it shouldn't matters. keep you from getting into, you know, your uh, a series. So with that, you know, kind of combining these two, okay, your favorites and, and if, if somebody wants to kind of get into comics, what would you hand somebody to kind of uh, whet that appetite, do you think? Gee, that's, that's like a needle in a haystack kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the very, it's very dependent on what it is that you want or like to get out of comics. Like if you're just, so um, I, Norman, you said you're looking to get back into it, right? Yeah. So you're a Teen Titans fan, you read, uh, what else, what else, you're reading a lot of DC it sounds like. Yeah, you know, I, I've, uh, I've had this conversation with some other people who, you know, they like comics as well, and there's this, like, this checklist that's been handed down from, like, generation to generation to generation <laughs> about getting into the genre, and um, I'm a big gamer, and I love playing card games and board games, and much like comics, I guess the, the, the first question is, like, what do you like? Yeah, exactly. I mean, what exactly? What do what does somebody like? Because like, if say you're, uh, say you like, say you're a you're a Joss Whedon fan and you like Buffy and um, uh, you know Firefly, those kinds of shows, then I would say, well, then you probably want to read Saga by mm. Brian Vaughn and uh, Fiona Staples over at Image. That's a it's a very um, it's very clever. It's super progressive. It's really pretty. Um, Brian Vaughn's a terrific writer and it has that kind of vibe to it it's big interstellar space stuff um but uh, but feels very relevant and um it is a lot of fun so that's like i would steer somebody towards that or i would steer them towards joss's run on astonishing x-men which right. is spectacular some of the best x-men frankly ever written um so i would steer somebody towards that if if that's not your bag and you're like i don't know uh you're more into the you know sword and sorcery or conan or something like that then i would recommend i would i would recommend thor i would recommend thor by jason aaron which is stunning it's 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 a it's a terrific terrific book and i probably would recommend modern superman action comics superman by jeff johns right now um so i, I it really does depend on what it is that you like because there is comics for everybody there's not all comics are for all people and uh, just like anything else, you know, it's sort of tailored to your kind of thing. Um, you know, uh, I think Miss Marvel right now is a good book for young people. Because unfortunately, comic books aren't as like they used to be in so far as that they're not for young as young a person anymore. Like I have an eight-year-old and it's hard for me to find something for her to read mm-hmm. that isn't 
like straight up cartoons. It isn't straight up My Little Pony or something like that. To find like sort of contemporary superhero books that she can read is almost impossible. And not because the the le- the difficulty level is too hard for her. It's the subject matter is is not appropriate for someone her age. Sometimes even in like the realm of science fiction and fantasy, when you see something on TV that you like, and I'm going to use myself for an example, I love Babylon 5, and I started following what else that J. Michael Straczynski is doing. Mm-hmm. Then I found some, I did, it's like, well, he's now he's, you know, he, he had this great foray into comics. I mean, we had Thor, which his run on yeah. Thor was fantastic. I actually did read that. Uh, he also had, um, was it Rising Stars? Yeah, uh, Rising Stars, great book. And... and Personally, for me, my, one of my all-time favorites, and it has nothing to do with superheroes, is a book that he wrote called Midnight Nation. Oh, yeah. Which is a fantastic book. It was illustrated by Gary Frank, which is another reason mm-hmm. why I loved it, because that, ta- that tag team was fantastic. And then those are the kind of, like, those are the kind of books I like reading. Um, well, then you need to go get yourself, then I would say, go get yourself uh, Superman Earth One read that because that's 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 <laughs> yeah. j michael straczynski yep uh batman earth one because that's gary frank so good mm-hmm. and i love also, gary frank's work and yeah. oh gary frank's amazing yeah. his i love his his i don't know what it is that he does with people and faith it's just they're so good and i would recommend going back then and reading um some of uh jeff johns and gary frank's run on action pre-new 52 their Brainiac arc is amazing. The oh, man, Legion of Superheroes so arc is amazing. Those are all really good books. And Gary Frank is just killing it every single time. And also, uh, go pick up, um, I think it's collected in a book, uh, The Power of Shazam, the the Gary Frank, uh, Jeff Johns collaboration where they reinvented Shazam for New 52. Okay, cool. It's really good. Really, really good. And see, listeners, this is exactly the conversation that you have to have with people that know comics. Because there's a thread that a person that knows comics will be able to pull and turn you in the right direction. Because it's hard to find, and it is hard to find, I think, sometimes a good comic book community to talk comics with, by and large. I would say, and and I mean this sort of, uh, go look on Yelp, look look online, look on Twitter, find the comic book shops that are near you. See maybe what their social media presence is like, um, because that's going to give you an idea as to their personality and how friendly they are, and uh, 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 especially to newcomers. And then find your shop, go in, and and you know ask the guy behind the counter, hey, look, I like, I like sci-fi, I like uh, fantasy, I'm I'm big into Homeland, you know, whatever, and I want to read some comics that might appeal to me. What have you got? And, uh, you know, the guy might say, oh, you like Homeland? Here's Queen and Country by Greg Rucka. Go read that. Um, you know, you like, um, you know, science fiction? Here's, uh, here's a new Star Wars comic. Here's Guardians of the Galaxy. Here's, you know, there's, there's stuff that's out there for, for almost every niche. It's, it's going out there and getting it. And I have to admit, it's very hard right now, I think, to a certain extent, because comics are expensive. Yeah. You know, three, four bucks a pop for a book that you're going to read in 15 minutes and you want to buy that every month and sometimes you want to buy five or six of them a, month, a week, you know, it's, <laughs> yes. it gets expensive quick. Plus variant uh, covers if they still do that. They still do. Oh my do, God, they, they, they still, still do, variants. do variant covers. I have, yeah, never do. Been, I have never been a, um, how do you call it, a collector for money's sake as far as like, oh, I got to have that variant. Um, because, uh, I, I don't know, I just, I'm, I just want to read the story. Sometimes I sometimes I'll buy the variant because like well that is a nice cover, um, 
like uh, I think last month, is it January or December, they did all Darwin Cook covers. Oh, gorgeous. And, oh, and, yes, uh, yes. At DC. And man, those, so were, so those were so beautiful. Um, and that's the thing. Like, oh, you don't like sort of, you like the idea of superheroes, but you don't like sort of, maybe maybe you feel comic books are a little bit too intense these days. Here's New Frontier. New Frontier, yeah. Yeah, yep. go, go yep. read New Frontier. Yep. I have I have my absolute edition out in the living room, and it is a thing of, it is a thing of beauty. So there's... There's a lot for for different people, so it, it really depends on what it is that you like, and and there'll be a comic out there for you. And 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 these days, as I think, uh, with a lot of mediums out there, we are kind of in a golden age of comics, where uh, I feel a lot of Marvel and DC stuff is pretty good. There is a huge, huge indie scene, um, and mostly these days propelled by Image. But nonetheless, a huge indie scene propelled by image. I do miss it when when Wildstorm was killing it with Danger Girl and Battle Chasers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, those were some of my favorites. I I do miss those days. Yeah, and now you have image basically putting out like a new number one, you know, two or three number ones every month, you know, with top-notch creators, top-notch talent, and, and original, you know, ideas. They're not doing, you know, another issue of Superman. You know they're doing, and not not to put down Superman because I read Superman every month, um, and I'm looking forward to tomorrow's issue. But um, yes, uh, we got uh, we got Bitch Planet from uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick, and we got uh, what is it? Is it East 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 of West? I think it's Hickman's book. I'm I'm going to start conflating a lot of these titles in my head. Uh, Southern Bastards from Jason Aaron. I think I mentioned um, Witches from Scott Snyder, who's the Batman writer. Um, so there's this whole other side of comics that has nothing to do with superheroes that has all of these amazing, beautiful stories that you can read. And that's just that side of it. Then you get into graphic novels where you're talking about big things like blankets and the Scott Pilgrims and um, of the world, which are sort of a different subgenre of all that stuff. It's there's there's just a book for everybody. So it really depends on what it is that you like and uh, and what you kind of gravitate towards. And then, you know, it's there for you. Well, that's one of the things, too, that, you know, if, if somebody's thinking about getting in the comics, I, I definitely want to ask that question that you just asked, you know, what it is they like. Because, you know, even if they just like Joss Wheaton and Firefly, well, heck, there's a there's a Firefly comic sure. out there. You know, you can just go get that and you can continue that story and you'll love it, probably. Same thing they did with Buffy. They actually did extra seasons of Buffy in the comics, you know, so... Those are things you like. You know, if you do like superheroes and you don't feel like just jumping into the monthly yet, you know, there's great runs. Like you guys mentioned, Earth 1 Superman, Earth 1 Batman are just fantastic books because they're their own contained universe. You don't have to worry about knowing anything else. And they're by fantastic writers with great artists. Kingdom Come, like you um, mentioned again, another Elseworlds book. Yeah, Kingdom Come. Um, I was thinking of, I really enjoy Superman Unchained that Jim Lee and Scott Snyder did that was just... If you want to talk beautiful books, Jim Lee is one of my favorites, and I really love what he does specifically with Superman. And so, um, I I really love that series. And hey, it's a it's a nine issue series. You know, it, it starts and it ends. It's it's that's the best part about it. Yeah, and both publishers are really good about um, uh, having these uh, 
little runs, you know, having trades and stuff like that. Uh, Marvel does, uh, they were doing this thing called season one where um, they were retelling the origins of all of their superheroes sort of in a more streamlined, more modern sense. They they weren't changing anything. They weren't retconning anything or changing anything. They were just retelling those old stories, but in a modern, in a mod, with a modern take on it. And um, those were really good um, and uh, were good uh, gateways, you know, into the Marvel Universe. But but again, self-contained in a quick book that you can snatch off the shelf, just like the Earth One stuff is for Superman or the Earth One stuff is for Batman. And we're getting we're going to get Earth One Wonder Woman next year. And I think we'll get Earth and we got Earth One Teen Titans just yes, this year. Yes, we just did. It actually just dropped uh, like last the last few weeks I saw it in Barnes and Noble just the other day. So yeah, so so there's lots of entry points for for that kind of stuff. And again, if you look at the indie stuff, you're gonna find even even more entry points as far as number ones because they're constantly having shorter runs and then and then being done with it and then they move on to the next yeah. thing. Last thing that I wanted to to touch on with you guys real quick was this idea of, of continuity, and I think it's one of those things that it does kind of scare people away, as we talked about a little bit. But some of the pluses and minuses of this this massive continuity, especially when you start having characters jump books, and so you know to actually complete a story, you have to read you know three different books you know if you're reading a superman story you have to go to supergirl and then you have to go to superboy and then you have to go to the justice league and then you come back to superman you know all of those kind of things i think those are the places where people start to get lost but at the same time you can end up with these really massive great stories and that's where i think sometimes trades really just come in handy because they collect all those stories and make it easier for you to do what do you guys think of the these continuities, especially with the fact that you know DC went went in and they they rebooted the universe with the New Fifty Two because they realized it could be a problem for people, and uh, you know Marvel is about to kind of do the same thing with their Secret Wars. Is there a way to keep continuity from being a problem? Well, I don't know. This is something I've been trying to think about, and I don't really have any good answers. Do you guys? I guess it really depends on how focused you want to be with following comics. I remember the very first time that that was an issue for me when I was younger was when they did Crisis on Infinite Earths because that was the first time uh, when I had to I was allowance challenged, if you will, and I could only afford a certain amount of books. And there was the main Crisis line, which was the first maxi series I collected. I think it was actually the first maxi series that was marketed that way for DC. And then there were all these spinoff comics where Blue Devil's doing this, or Steel is doing this, or Plastic Man's doing this. The, all of kind of the, either the, the pre or post um, storylines that happened uh, during the Crisis on Infinite Earths effect over the multiverse. And then, just to even add more to that, they actually had to release what was called the Who's Who comic to make sure that you knew every single character that was ha- uh, being affected in that time. So... I have all those. Uh, yeah, I miss those. Those were fantastic, <laughs> weren't they? Yeah, great. Those uh, in the Marvel handbook and and the 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 handbooks of the Marvel universe were love both those. fantastic. Love those. But it's, I'm not sure if if something like that is actually you know uh, a solution for some some of these you know giant crossovers because unless the writers are, are very adept at making sure that the continuity is just absolutely solid and and by and large it usually is. 
there are outliers of stories and art uh, and characters and character effects and and aftermaths and repercussions that sometimes don't always get completely pulled all the way through and then the audience if they're not focused on it sometimes they're like what happened and then again that, that's that's just a storytelling issue but i think for the most part if you're really vested in it i think that it won't be too much of an issue um i guess i'm gonna bang the old man drum again i don't know i mean they had continuity for 75 years at dc or you know 73 years whatever it came out to be by the end of the day and um you know i i kind of it was fine it's fine. I I, um, I don't think I can read this whole thing because it's it's a little too long. But uh, there's a there's a series going out right now from DC called Multiversity, which is a mm-hmm. um, Grant Morrison, who's a a writer and uh, and various he's artists. He's a genius. Uh, he's a genius writer. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big fan. Um, and uh, but he's kind of doing an exploration of the DC universes, the multiverse, as it were. And they were doing an interview with him, which he's talking about the the latest book, which is called the Guidebook to Multiversity, where he kind of explains a little bit more in detail what's going on and sort of the relationships to these universes to each other and who's on what Earth. It's a it's a very um, if you're an OCD kind of person that needs to have things in boxes, it's a very good issue for you. And uh, and they asked him, um, you know, why did you wait until the sixth issue of your series to kind of show us the framework of the universe. And and he said, and I'm, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit and I'll read some, some of the quote, but he said, uh, I'm, I'm reading quoting now directly, well, basically, honestly, everything is based on my first experience with superhero comics. One of the things I remember picking up was Justice League 45. I think it's 45. And that Justice League is fighting Antimatter Man. It's a team up with the Justice Society and the Justice League. Now, I had never seen the Justice Society in my life but suddenly there were all these fabulous characters, you know, Dr. Fate and Starman, all these beautiful designs I'd never seen before. And I'm going to skip down a little bit. I was utterly captivated. And pretty much every comic I have loved has been like that. And that, to me, is the thing that's missing. There, Continuity is, I think it's nice to have. I think it's nice to have a through line and know that, oh, I remember when Clark and... You know, when Superman fought, you know, the big robot monster. I remember when uh, he fought Doomsday or when the four Supermen showed up or, um, you know, the time he was outed as Clark Kent and he had to go into hiding. And, you know, I I like that those moments exist. What I don't like is that is when we become a slave to it, when it becomes that. Well, in issue 145, he did X. And in issue 147, he forgot he did that thing in issue 145, and now he's doing the other thing. And I don't care about that. Then you become the what Simpsons care- comic book guy. Exactly. Yeah. What I care about, well, it is. It is all It is all down to that worst episode ever kind of mentality. And what I like is, I like comic books that tell me a story. And then once that story is over, go ahead and give me the next one and if you happen to mention that oh yeah Jimmy and Lucy Lane were going out on a date you know six months ago it's fine that's all good I'm I'm glad to have that sort of general familiarity with what's going on in the past with with, which, with, with what happened in the past but I guess I don't demand the sort of strict uh, adherence to a firm continuity like say I might want for my television show um 
I don't demand that of a comic book because in my head, I just know that I am just, I am the latest version to read this version of Superman, of Batman, of Wolverine. Kitty Pride is she Shadowcat? Is she Sprite? Is she she has she's had like seven different names. Who is she? Is it Marvel Girl? Is it the Phoenix? Is it Jean Grey? Is it you know? I, I'm okay. I'm okay with like changing it up as long as okay. It's I can I can. There's like a through line. Okay. No big deal. Oh, they reset the universe. Okay, no big deal. So those stories happen in that other universe, and then everything stopped, and it got rebooted, and then now we have new stories. But those stories still happen. There was just this moment that happened, and and okay, we're good. And I just keep going. So I don't... I like the idea of... um, How do you call it? Of a cohesive universe, but strict continuity is crazy. Like when people, when I hear, see people write to comic book writers and say, how can Batman be in Justice League right now when he's doing this over here in Batman? Well, I don't know. Those, they, that happened. It was a thing. There's, he, Batman did that thing and then he went over and did the Justice League thing and then he went back and did the Batman thing. That's, that's the kind of continuity I like. I like it when it's just loose. Because if you, if you try to adhere a little too much, um, reality to comic books the whole illusion falls apart yeah i like to think of it uh like you said norm with uh simpsons comic book guy and that is an autographed picture of sean connery signed by roger moore it is worth 150 dollars and so i like to think of that as how i picture comic books you know we like to have some continuity and we like to have some consistency obviously with the storytelling and the characters and what they're doing and all that but at the same time, you know, I don't, I don't want my books to be hampered by, um, by all of that as well. If they're just trying to tell a great story, you know, uh, that that's comics are on the whole, for the most part, uh, for entertainment and fun value, and sometimes they can have a message too. Um, that that can happen, but on uh, for the most part, we just kind of want to dive in and enjoy our, our favorite hero for the week seeing what's happening to them and if comic book companies make that too difficult by saying being able to follow a main storyline for a character that can that's where it gets frustrating thing for anyone when you're having to jump book to book to book continuity is really a marvel invention um i mean dc comics for the longest time you know they would just have their adventure the adventure would be over and it'd sort of be there'd almost be like a soft reset you know, and then they would just move on to the next story. And, and it really wasn't until Stan and Jack and those guys with Spider-Man and then the Fantastic Four and then the Avengers slowly started to weave these threads together where it was this cohesive thing where Spider-Man would swing through a Fantastic Four comic book and, and they'd make reference to like, oh, he's going to do this. And then you'd open the Marvel book and that's what he was doing. You'd open Spider Man, and oh, there he—that's that's where he was on his way to. Well, they definitely focused. I, I mean, historically, they definitely focused on a, on a tighter, like more cohesive bullpen at Marvel, I think, than they did at DC. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that's that's a that is a Marvel, a sort of invention is not invention, but that is what they hung their hat on. That's one of the huge separators between DC and Marvel books. Yeah. Is at least back then was a very much Marvel was. We're all in the same universe. It's it's a very, it's a very continuity driven, um, kind of affair. Uh, whereas DC was always a little bit more fast and loose with, with the noise. 
um, with just you know we'll just we're just telling stories, which I think is maybe why I have the the opinion that I have about continuity because I do think to a certain extent it is uh, the demand for it is kind of screwing up comics sometimes. Well, I'm glad that you know uh, we got an opportunity to kind of talk this out because. You know, it's one of the things that I wanted to be able to with this show is is to introduce people to some things or or just m- make things open. You know, um, and and I think you really hit the nail on the head, Norm, when you said that when we talk about comics, what you really need is somebody who just kind of knows what they're talking about, and they can kind of pull that thread for you that kind of help you get into things. And it happened for me, and uh, I just hope that we can do that for the listeners that's definitely what we want to to be here for is to strike your imagination and and make you want to go jump into something you might not have thought about before you might just be scared of doing and and now you've got the gumption because you've heard some ideas here and uh, of some books you might be interested in and as we pointed out i think over and over again there's just a plethora of books out there and whatever your fancy is there's going to be a book for it um and so Definitely, if you guys um, have some questions, uh, please, uh, that's uh, just uh, contact us right into the show, and uh, we'll make sure to get back to you on that. And uh, if I have to, I'll make sure I ask uh, Jose, and uh, because uh, he obviously knows more, and that's the best thing about this show as well, is being able to have these people on who know way more than I do and educate me. So I want to get you reading more, uh, more Marvel and we'll just get Norm reading some regular comics in general. There yeah, there we go. Yep. There we go. Mission accomplished. Well, I, I've started on my Marvel road with Star Wars, so we'll see where that takes me. Uh, who knows? Um, I mean, I like Captain America, so. Cap is good. You should go back and read all the Baker stuff. Oh, okay. There you if go. If you liked Winter Soldier, go read all the Baker stuff. Awesome. Awesome. Well, guys, we could continue talking about comics, I think, for a very long time. And it has been so much fun doing that today. But obviously, it's not the only thing that we've been talking about on Trek FM for the past week. So here's a quick look at some of the other things you may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.fm, Standard Orbit. I really, really, really hope that if they do that, they make Chang the villain because... You know, Captain Chang instead of General Chang or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? I mm-hmm. mean, that just seems like the perfect way to go. Earl Grey. All right, Riker, we're promoting you to captain. I mean, you uh, you killed the last captain. We usually don't reward that. That's usually not a policy. But in this case... Well, well to be fair, he had spent some time on a Klingon ship. The Orb. But the Federation and Bator as a member of the Federation would be helping rebuild Cardassia. And I could see, like, very much the relationship between the U.S. and Japan today. I could see the Federation and Cardassia having that kind of relationship moving forward. To the journey! Julie has a very distinct pain noise. Yeah, she kind of does. You know what I'm talking about? It sounds sort of like she's suffocating. Yeah, it sounds like she's suffocating and sometimes, and I'm going to keep it clean, not always in pain. The ready room. He is the best cosplayer ever because he's so buried himself in his part that we have no idea who this guy is outside of the impersonation of Tuvok. Exactly. He's the Christian Bale of the Delta Quadrant. Mission Log, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. 
if I'm not mistaken, in any upcoming episode of Next Generation, we don't see full-grown uh, Golden Retrievers running around the decks of the Enterprise. And I'm also a little worried that Captain Picard has never played with puppies. Commentary, Trek stars. You, but you'd rather see Red in charge than him. Oh, yeah, totally. Because <laughs> right. you really want porn stash to go down. Yes, yes, you do. And that sentence out of context sounds really strange. Literary treks. As great as Picard is and his Picard maneuver, uh, I don't think Picard straightening his shirt is going to help him uh, <laughs> when he's going up against the Riker maneuver. Fair enough, so. yeah. Axanar, the official podcast. The change that we've made, the change to the nacelles and uh, several other aspects of these ships to make them distinct and, and not the same ships as uh, in, in Star Trek 2009. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows and find out what we've been talking about in your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, if you're an Apple user, just hit that subscribe button. It helps us out greatly. makes it easier for the listeners to find the show, as do those star ratings and reviews. But if you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows on Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, and of course you can stream and download the MP3 file and grab the RSS link as well. Now, Jose, tell everybody where they can find you online. Uh, online, you can find uh, me and my buddy Doug do a podcast every week called Zero Room. You can find that uh, if you go to zeroroom.com or zeroroom.net, you will find us there. We're on iTunes, just like, as as he said, pretty much everywhere uh, you can find the Zero Room at. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Ringslinger, R-I-N-G-S-L-I-A. N-G-E-R, and uh, that's pretty much it. That's, that's kind of where I hang my hat. Well, thanks uh, so much for helping educate me today on some comics, just as you and Norm did with Constantine when you were on a little while back. Um, it's always great because I know that if you're on, I'm going to learn something I didn't know about the subject we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Glad I could help. Norm, tell everybody, of course, where they can find you our associate producer. Well, if you'd like to get in touch with me, you can always find me here on the network or on the Babel Conference, our dedicated Facebook listeners page, or on Twitter at Norman Lau. That's N-O-R-M-A-N-L-A-O. And I'm also a huge supporter of Alec Peters and the Axonar Project. You can find me on the dedicated Axonar fan group page on Facebook. You can also listen to me here on Trek FM as host of Warp 5, our dedicated enterprise podcast. And lastly, I'm a proud sponsor of Trek FM through Patreon, and I'm an associate producer of four shows, Warp 5, the Orb, the 602 Club, and Axanar, the official Axanar podcast. And I just want to take one small moment here. And, and Jose, I love the fact that the one comic that got you into comics is one comic that shattered me when I was a child. And that was, <laughs> that was Green Lantern 181. Because Hal Jordan can't quit. He's the, he's the Lantern of Saturn 28. For the love of you, like, Carol, I am quitting the Green Lantern Corps. I, 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 absolutely. Oh, crushed Fantastic. me. Crushed me, but thanks. Th- <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, that, that great memory. Thanks for thanks for uh, sparking that back. Yeah, d- thanks for giving me that uh, nice bad memory. Yeah. While you're at it, why don't you give me paper cut and pour some lemon That's juice right. on it? But I will have you know that that because of that comic, a it sparked a, a thing in me to find out more about Hal Jordan and Green Lantern, and he is, I mean, without a doubt, my favorite superhero. I mean, it's it's unbelievable, like the the amount of Green Lantern stuff I have. And it was it. It's always struck me as weird that it was the comic where he quit, and yet he became my favorite hero out of that because I I wanted to learn why it was such a big deal. 
25 years of therapy down the drain. Thanks so much. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Reopening the old wound. Oh, Oh, God. Fantastic. Well, guys, another way that you can help keep all of our shows coming to each week, as Norm said, is become a patron of the network on Patreon. And if you visit patreon.com slash trekfm, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash trekfm, you'll find the current goals and milestone contribution levels along with all those great perks that we have for you. Uh, we got great access to content, exclusive content, producer credit, seats on the content development team, and more. Without you guys, we can't make this work. Um, we, we just don't have the money uh, to be able to do it. So we really appreciate your support. And you'll find all the details at patreon.com slash trekfm. I just wanted to get a quick shout out to some iTunes reviews from Jarek in the UK store and Dino from the Australian store. Good eye there, mate. Uh, Five-star reviews from you guys. Really appreciate you doing that for us. If you would like to contact us, like I said earlier, just go to trek.fm slash contact. Just choose the show. Send us an email. It'll get that out to us, and we'll be able to answer your question. If you want to leave us a voicemail, that would be awesome. Just go to the sidebar on the show page or to speakpipe.com slash trek.fm. We're at Twitter at Trek FM. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash Trek FM. And then, of course, we have our listeners only discussion group on Facebook, the Babel Conference. Just search that in Facebook or go to the website at Trek FM and click on discussion on the menu bar. Before we go, we'd like you to ask you to do one thing check out our sponsor, Audible. Before we go, we'd like to ask everyone to please support our sponsor who helps bring the 602 Pub and all of our shows to each week and you know who that sponsor is it's audible.com it's the best way to read all of those books that you just don't have time for anymore with your busy schedule and hey you can get a free audiobook of your choice with a 30-day trial just to see how great audible is just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today again that is audibletrial.com slash trekfm and we do thank audible for supporting the 602 club and the network Guys, you know where you can find me at MattRushing02 on Twitter. You can find me on my own personal blog at 42lifeinbetween.wordpress.com. You can also find me on the Babel Conference as well, plus the Orb, where I talk about Deep Space Nine with Christopher Jones all the time, and Literary Treks, where we talk about the books and comics of Star Trek. That's right, comics. And, guys, thank you so much for joining us. And y'all come back now, you hear? In the great hall of the Justice League.